0: A political grenade has been lobbed into election year with the Deputy Prime Minister facing investigation by the Serious Fraud Office. New Zealand First is reviewing its donation practices as the Serious Fraud Office decides whether to investigate allegations it's been hiding donations in a slush fund. Allegations around the Deputy Prime Minister's party came up last year claiming the party had not disclosed donations when it should have.
1: What was the law we broke? If you can't give us the answer to that, Stop making a joke of yourself. Oh, I'm not going to be ambushed like yeah, this Excuse me. Sorry,
2: guys. All All Winston Peters storming away from reporters, firing off questions about today's revelations.
1: We're here to look at waitangi. If you don't want to talk about waitangi, you're talking the wrong guy. See you guys. Have a happy day.
2: Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and today on the detail, allegations of secret donations and a serious fraud office investigation, how things could get very messy for the Prime Minister.
1: It's thrown a large, hairy cat into the middle of the government's pigeons at the moment.
2: So why has this ended up in the Office of Serious Fraud Investigators? Bernard Hickey is the editor of Newsroom Pro.
1: It's looking at whether New Zealand First complied with the electoral law, in particular the donations that went to the New Zealand First Foundation and then on to New Zealand First. The uh, leaks which have come out through Stuff and RNZ appear to show that there are multiple donations for less than the $15,000 threshold. The mysterious
2: foundation bankrolling the New Zealand First Party has been receiving donations from entities connected with some of the country's wealthiest business people. The foundation has been getting the money in amounts just under the threshold at which the donors' names would normally be made public.
1: And that appears to be in breach, if not the letter, then the spirit of the electoral law. And the electoral commission said that it uh, believed there was something to look at, and it referred it to the police, who then promptly referred it to the serious fraud office. So violations of the electoral law, particularly around electoral donations, are not new to New Zealand First and investigations of those are not new. Uh, We are back where we were 12 years ago in the final year of the previous Labour government under Helen Clark. when, uh, For those who recall... Uh, There were donations to New Zealand First uh, from Owen Glenn and Bob Jones, which became the subject of debate and controversy. And eventually uh, the donations issue was passed on to the Serious Fraud Office uh, in August. And remember, the election was in November. And at that point...
2: Back now to the fate of Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters. As you heard there, he's offered to step aside... Our political editor, Brent Edwards, is back with us now. And Brent, I guess the wording there quite significant. He's offered to step aside. He hasn't been told to go.
0: Yeah, that's right. It is significant. I mean, there was a sense earlier in the day that he,
1: he might not want to go. He was, um, I guess, quite combative about the whole thing and said that if he, once he showed the Prime Minister the information, she would know that there was nothing in it. But I think clearly there's been a bit of uh, conversation going on probably during the day, maybe a phone call or two, and he's, I think, realised that, he can't stay in the job while the Serious Fraud um, Office investigation carries on. Eventually, the Serious Fraud Office, just days before the election, cleared uh, New Zealand First. But by then, the damage had been done uh, and New Zealand First failed to get into Parliament in 2008.
2: I'll ask you a little bit more about that later. But I just I, there are things that you said there that I don't quite understand. What is wrong with... A series of donations under that 15,000 threshold.
1: Well, our electoral laws are designed to make sure that people who donate a significant amount of money declare that and that we know who they are. But the way it appears, and again, uh, these are leaks of information, they haven't been investigated, so we have to be careful to say this, we don't know this.
0: The New Zealand First Foundation has a pattern of receiving donations of $15,000 or just under according to records viewed by RNZ.
1: The way it appears is that significant numbers of very wealthy individuals have donated to New Zealand First in multiple lots under the declarable threshold, which means that their names are not made public. Hansel's,
0: Gregg's and Hubbard's, some of New Zealand's best-known food brands. That's
2: RNZ's Guyon Espina, and he's been investigating the donations with Kate Newton.
0: The owner of those brands is Walter and Wilde, a company two-thirds owned by Graham Hart and one-third owned by his son, Harry Hart. On the 29th of March 2019, Walter and Wilde donated $14,995 to the New Zealand First Foundation. On the same day, Church Bay Farm, which is 100% owned by Graham Hart, donated the same amount, $14,995.
1: And that seems at least a breach of the spirit of the law, if not the letter of the law, and that's uh, what's up for debate.
0: And so the
2: Electoral Commission looked at it and said there's something that could not be quite right here, but it does, did it not have the powers to take it any further? It then referred it on to the police?
1: That's right. The Electoral Commission says there um, is a prima facie case to answer here, and then they pass it on to the official investigators and prosecutors who are the police in the Serious Fraud Office.
2: But why did the police, it was almost like, were they expecting this? Because they immediately, almost immediately referred it on to the Serious Fraud Office.
1: That's right. In cases like this, where you're talking about significant sums of money, being shifted around, um, the police often refer these matters to the Serious Fraud Office because they're the ones who are expert in tracking t- transactions, understanding the laws around disclosure and um, and fraud, in particular, you know, misrepresenting payments. So the Serious Fraud Office are some of the natural people to investigate this. In fact, <laughs> they're already investigating allegations a- around. Uh, electoral donations to the National Party.
2: The agency launched an investigation in March last year after the police referred on a complaint by former National MP Jamie Lee Ross. The National
1: Party says neither the leader Simon Bridges nor the party are among those charged. We don't know yet who they are because they haven't appeared in court yet and that is uh, also under investigation by the Serious Fraud Office.
2: Both National and New Zealand First have foundations, but Bernard says the difference is the degree of secrecy.
1: Normally you donate money straight to the party, but in this case there was a separate body in between the donor and the party, the New Zealand First Foundation, which we hadn't known much about, and it's clear that it has been used as a vehicle to send money onto, uh, or resources onto, New Zealand First, and uh, there has been controversy and debate within New Zealand First about this. We don't know exactly who has provided documents to stuff in RNZ, but uh, Winston Peters and New Zealand First have also referred that on to the police for investigation. They claim that there's been theft, and uh, this is something that also needs to be investigated.
2: Mm. I mean, it's really confusing, isn't it? Do the other parties not have this kind of vehicle, this separate vehicle that then funnels the funds on to the actual party, which presumably is what New Zealand First Foundation is doing?
1: Yes, well, it turns out the National Party also have a foundation, but they are very clear and upfront about who has donated what and have not hid this, you could argue, in the way that uh, uh, New Zealand First has but once you get into the details of who's declared what, when and how, it becomes difficult to track down unless you've got the documents, and that's where the Serious Fraud Office is going to have a close look.
2: Right. RNZ, in its coverage of this, it says it's not alleging that any of the donors broke any laws or were trying to keep their donations secret. But why else would donors keep the donation at just a dollar or two, or even a cent, under that threshold, which is fifteen thousand dollars, why else would they do that if they didn't want to keep, you know, their donations secret?
1: Maybe they're just shy. Uh, <laughs> maybe they, maybe they, they think they're famous enough, and uh, they'd rather not uh, have the attention. It's hard to to say what the motivations are, and that's why. Um, Radio New Zealand have been very careful about saying that they're not alleging that people have broken the law. But certainly it's something that's interesting, and on the face of it, as the Electoral Commission has decided, there is something to look at here which appears to be in breach of the spirit of the law, if not the letter. And the spirit is that, you know, if you're donating more than $15,000... Uh, We should know about it as the public, Um, and in this case, with multiple donations just under the threshold for New Zealand First, and it is alleged for the National Party, at least it was by Jamie Lee Ross, in um, the allegations which are now subject to charges. This raises the question for New Zealand voters, uh, do we know exactly who is funding our political parties? And this is a concern... That is raised overseas, particularly in places like America, one of the risks of democracy is that um, the scrum is screwed, if you like, by uh, people who are wealthier than the rest of us and can ask for special favors and uh, have influence over a project larger than they would have if they were just another citizen who was voting in an election and so the one of the ways to protect yourself is to make sure that everyone knows and uh, who 's donated what to who. Mm. And in this case, the knowledge is not there.
2: But sometimes, Bernard, it seems that these donors actually donate to all the parties.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's true. Some people bet on every horse or <laughs> they see their role as to support democracy in general. And by supporting all the political parties, they're helping to do that. The other um, issue around this is that, yes, some people might have donated to all of the parties, but not all of the parties might want everyone to know <laughs> yeah. that someone's donated to them. And that's uh, that's the um, the issue at hand here and and something that... We'll find out more about. Whether we find out before the election is another thing. It's highly unlikely, for example, that the charges laid against uh, people in connection with the donations to the national will be heard in an open court before the election. Uh, so... If these issues go forward and the SFO decides to charge someone involved with New Zealand first, again, we're very unlikely to see the details of that before the election, given the time it takes for the courts and the justice system to grind on, uh, even though the election's <laughs> not till September the 19th. And uh, the, the best we could hope for, I suppose, is some clarification on whether or not charges would be laid. Before the 2008 election, uh, the Serious Fraud Office did say a few days before the election that it wouldn't be laying charges. And obviously, Winston Peters and the New Zealand First um, Party believe that they have not breached the letter of the electoral law. So we'll see. Um, I I must say I was sort of surprised to see the serious force involved quite so quickly here, given that we've only just learnt about some of these things in the last few weeks. But it's clear that there is enough prima facie evidence for the Electoral Commission to say, let's have a closer look at it.
2: You've been covering politics and business for a a long, long time. So what is it about this that surprises you?
1: It's hot. And (coughs) often the the, um, the powers that be, particularly in the police, uh, the bureaucracies, uh, when it comes to um, investigating politicians, serving politicians – they're very, 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 very cautious. And and so uh, it takes a long time for the pressure to build and for things to finally happen. In 2008, you know, this had been rumbling on for months and months and months. Uh, was there going to be investigation? Has there been breaches? There were all sorts of um, questions in Parliament and select committees held and an awful lot of coverage before the dam broke. In this case, there hasn't been that much coverage. Uh, Stuff obviously reported some things last year and Radio New Zealand in the last couple of weeks, but there hasn't been the same follow-up and across all of the media. Uh, In part, I think, because it's just less media, and secondly, um, people are being very, very cautious about... um, using uh, information which they haven't seen the hard documents for, and only uh, stuff and RNZ have seen that so far. And uh, frankly, Winston Peters has a record of being very litigious. Mm. So that is is something that's keeping people quieter this time. So I'm a little bit surprised that it's uh, happened quite so quickly. And we'll find out before the election, we hope, whether or not charges uh, would be laid or whether it's going to be dropped. You'd have to say, given the past record of New Zealand First, with the people involved using the same structures and knowing the law very well, that it would be surprising if um, charges are laid here. But um, we do know that you know charges have been laid in the case attached to the national donation. So... Uh, certainly it's it's one to watch and it's thrown a, a, a large hairy cat into the middle of um, the government's pigeons at the moment and uh, certainly makes it harder for um, New Zealand First to get back into Parliament uh, over the 5% threshold.
2: Uh, why? Because people will be questioning their trust in Winston Peters?
1: That's right. And yesterday, the Prime Minister was asked that very question. Do you trust Winston Peters, who is your Foreign Minister and your Deputy Prime Minister? The Prime Minister
0: unable to bring herself to say the words, I trust Winston Peters.
1: Repeatedly, the Prime Minister was asked and she wouldn't answer directly. She would only say that um, she has a good relationship with the Foreign Minister, has collaborated in government.
2: Look, I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. Um, What I will say is that my decision here is absolutely clear. This matter has been referred uh, to the Serious Fraud Office. They have the tools... Prime
1: Minister, did you ask Winston Peters to stand down as Prime Minister because the previous Labour Prime Minister did that when yeah. exactly no, the same actually, situation? My view
2: is that uh, this is a situation in which I'm going to make decisions based on the situation in front of me, not something that happened 10 years ago. At any point when you spoke to the Deputy Prime Minister, did he offer to stand down? That was not a matter discussed, again... Uh, this is something...
1: What's the difference between Helen Clark asking when St Peter's to stand down in 2008, when he was... <laughs>
2: Again, and whilst it, it's actually not for me to um, go through the what happened, the order of events from uh, 10 years ago...
0: What assurances have you sought? Again, of... when,
2: I, when I spoke with him, he was very clear that the same assurances you would expect anyone to seek, he
0: himself...
1: She was asked, do you trust him? She wouldn't give an answer, and when pressed for a yes or no answer, she wouldn't uh, give a yes or no answer. And this is important because the National Party, under Simon Bridges, have said they don't trust Winston Peters or New Zealand First. That surprised everyone a couple of weeks ago when uh, National decided that they would not deal with Winston Peters in the event of coalition negotiations. That really rules out talk of a National New Zealand First coalition and was quite a risky strategic move for the um, opposition leader. He looks slightly better today, I have to say, than a couple of weeks ago. And that, um, that risk around trust and around being attached to Winston Peters is not quite there. Mm. And this question of trust will keep coming back again and again. And it wouldn't surprise me maybe there's someone uh, running a sweep at the moment on how many times the Prime Minister has asked between now and September 19 whether she trusts the Deputy Prime Minister. <laughs>
2: In, in a piece that you ran on Monday, you said that uh, Shane Jones will be much more crucial in this election to Prime, the Prime Minister, to Jacinda Ardern and to Labour. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, Because of the quirk of the way MMP works here, if you don't have uh, an MP with a, his or her own electorate, you need more than 5% to get into Parliament. So the question is, will Jacinda Ardern effectively give a nudge and a wink to the voters in a particular electorate where New Zealand First might win? And that seemed to be the closest one, the one with the biggest chance of New Zealand First winning is the Northland seat, where Shane Jones is, is going to stand. And if you believe that it's a good idea to have um, a coalition between Labour and New Zealand First and you're in the Northland electorate, you could give your electorate vote to Shane Jones and your party vote to Labour. Mm-hmm. So you get your cake and you get to eat it too in this case. But it's a, it's a weird quirk of our system, which means that, almost bizarrely, Shane Jones, who uh, is not, it would be fair to say, the favourite um, hmm. member of the government of the Prime Minister, who's had to uh, reprimand him a few times. Uh, could be very crucial in the future of Jacinda Ardern because if he gets elected, that will give her and the Labour government a chance to join up with New Zealand First in uh, government for a second term and essentially avoid this risk that the New Zealand First vote will be wasted.
2: Right, right. and if these laws around um, political party donations were reformed, what would change there to make this whole process more transparent?
1: Well, you could really force people to declare for over fifteen thousand dollars, and you could, um, you know, outlaw the likes of these foundations, which are middle vehicles, which are there to shroud um, who's um, putting money in and who isn't. You could change the threshold. You could lower it from fifteen thousand to five thousand or something like that, and you could um, get be specific about banning some of the various ways in which money is. Gathered together and people not named. For example, uh, one of the favorite ways is to have an auction where um, a big chunk of money is uh, put down for something which maybe isn't that valuable and you ask the question well, who donated it? Uh, the other way is for people turning up and paying $9,000 for um, steak and chips at a, at a, at a restaurant and uh, before you know it, you've got a big chunk of money. So. These are the sorts of things that the government would have to look at.
2: That's The Detail today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The Detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks
0: to Newsroom's Bernard Hickey. Kakite kite ano.